everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, August 6th, 2017. How can anyone think of fishing at a time like this? <laughs> I will tell you one thing for sure. People were not flocking to social media. They were not flocking to YRChat.com to talk about whether or not Jack was going to catch a fish. <laughs> People were flocking to social media to YRChat.com to talk about the big story on everyone's lips, which was Mariah's lips on Tessa's. Now, <laughs> please don't think for one moment that I am not aware that this is a controversial topic. And please don't think for one moment that I haven't thought long and hard about how exactly I'm going to approach talking about this. It, to be perfectly honest with you, when we conducted our poll two weeks ago uh, and talked around the idea of a lesbian relationship with Mariah and Tessa, I was secretly hoping that YNR would not go through with this for one reason and one reason only, because it forces me into a position where I have to talk about a topic that I'm going to make half of people angry one way or the other. I mean, any way I talk about it, half of my friends are going to agree with me and half of my friends are not going to agree with with me and I don't like conflict within us and within the YNR chat community. I think that if you've listened to YNR chat for any length of time, you have totally picked up on the vibe that I am all about being fun and friendly and positivity and just everyone enjoying the show. I want to cultivate a community of people who love the show and I really struggled with how exactly I was going to talk about this because it's, you know, it's hard to ride the fence and that's not exactly what I want to do. And I had this realization this week that all I need to do is be honest and to approach this story um, in the spirit of fun and friendly and positivity. There is so very little that YNR could ever do that would make me stop watching the show or that would turn me off of the show completely. Um, I moderated at least a dozen comments off of the YNR chat, YRChat.com website this week because there were people coming in. I don't, I think just straight off of Google or just fans, just general public fans wanting somewhere to leave a comment just to say how much they are displeased with this storyline and how they are not going to watch anymore. There are a lot of people saying this is it. I've watched since the beginning and I am not going to watch anymore if YNR pursues a lesbian relationship relationship between Mariah and Tessa. And I I get it. I understand. Uh, I mean, if you've watched a show for 30 years, this is this is your thing and all of a sudden it's going in a direction that you feel is wrong. I I I get what you're saying. I can empathize with where you're coming from, but at 
the same time, there there's no harm in not watching it. For anyone who is feeling like they don't want to keep watching YNR because of this. I mean, we're 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 going there. We're there. That <laughs> we've passed. That we've crossed the Rubicon here. Um, and if you're feeling like you you can't get into it and you don't want to watch it, I really would just encourage anyone just to not watch it. You know, but you don't have to stop watching the whole show. You could definitely just fast forward those scenes. You can skip those scenes. You can skip this part of YNR chat if you just don't want to talk about it don't don't um don't want to hear about it but but don't get upset about it I guess is is where I'm coming from I mean we obviously all care about the show but at the end of the day it is just entertainment and, and I just want to put that out there uh just to not take it too too seriously please as, as long as I've been watching the show anyway uh YNR has never existed to give any of us a moral guidebook. It is, it is not a, a, a show about how to live and conduct your lives. More often than not, these characters represent the things you should not do. So um, I just, I want to put it out there that, that I am hoping we can all keep this positive and loving toward the show uh, that we, that we obviously all very care very much about. Now, with all of that being said, I choose to look at this developing story and relationship between Mariah and Tessa the same way I look at every other story. Um, uh, first of all, honestly, and from, from my own perspective, uh, but, but also I'm asking questions of this story and putting it in context of other successful stories that we've had on the show. I'm asking myself, is this story compelling? Do I care about it? Um, is it character rich? Is it well written? Is it believable? So those are all of the things that I'm considering uh, when, when approaching this story and on all accounts, com you know, compelling, character-rich, well-written, believability. Is this storyline successful so far? In my opinion, yes. Yes. I think it is. Um, there are very few points in the story up until this point, you know, given that we've only had a few scenes, uh, that very few points that I have felt have been a red flag or any kind of flag so far. Uh, the, the really only criticism that I can even think of when it comes to this would possibly be pacing. I think that if we would have let the feelings that Mariah was having uh, and or possibly Tessa was having brew for another couple of weeks, I think that that would have lended some uh, credence uh, to the believability a little bit. But at the same time, I also appreciate the idea that this is an emotion that is coming on very quick and very intense for uh, Mariah specifically. Now, I, you know, as we talked about this a couple of weeks back, uh, I took in all of your opinions. We, we got it all out. We had, we talked about the people who were uh, for this relationship, the people who were against this relationship, and I read out some comments expressing specifically a lot of your concerns about, uh, about this storyline not working, and I've thought about it. Uh, I really, really have thought about it, and uh, in considering it, and uh, your comments specifically over the past few weeks, I think, from my own conclusions, that it is entirely believable 
that Mariah would be questioning her sexuality at this point in her life. It's a leap I can make. Some people go through a lifelong journey of discovering who they are, what they want. Not everyone knows who they are, what they are early on in life. And in fact, many people never figure that out. So I can make the leap that Mariah would be questioning her sexuality. The other important thing to note here is that Mariah is not Cassie. As viewers, we maybe are a little bit thrown off by the fact that we saw her as a little girl. We saw this little girl grow up on the show. Uh, she, we, we went through the death of Cassie and it touched our hearts. It was horrible. One of the, one of the most shocking moments, I would say, in Y&R's history was the death of Cassie. And then to have this twin sister reveal and we get the actress back. It was, it was a really cool twist for YNR to have done. But I think we have to make the disconnect from that little girl and accept that the character of Mariah has really only been on the show since 2014. Uh, so what is that, three years? Uh, it, it really hasn't been very long. And we don't know that much about Mariah's character in all reality. We know that she was involved in this crazy cult. Uh, we know that she accepted money from Victor to gaslight Sharon. We know that she had a relationship with Tyler, which was really not much to speak of. We know next to nothing about that. It really wasn't developed upon at all. And we know that she had an unsuccessful relationship with Kevin, where there was always this question of why? Couldn't Kevin and Mariah work it out? Uh, they had this, you know, notably bad sex. Maybe now we know why it was notably bad sex. Now, when it comes to Tessa, she is essentially a completely blank slate, except for some vague references to being involved in something bad. We talked a lot last week about Tessa's potentially shady past. Although, I suspect strongly that YNR is just about to whitewash that away. Is this story character-rich? Is it compelling to me? I find that not only is this a story of self-discovery when it comes to Mariah and to Tessa, but it's also about how much you're willing to risk. There's where the drama is. There's where the conflict is. For both Mariah and Tessa... This is probably the first ever stable period in both of their lives. Let's look at Tessa. She has this fantastic new music career that she's just on the cusp of. She is on the verge of making a dream come true. She could have everything that she's ever desired. Falling in love with the boss's daughter could completely destroy that. It could completely rock her world. And then there's this developing relationship with Noah, which as much as Tessa may love or like Noah, I think that N Noah and her have
have uh, don't have quite the longevity. Uh, I mean, she's been dating him for a couple of months. I would say Tess's music career might be the bigger thing on her mind at this point. Although Noah has been nothing but a sweet guy. I mean, it made there's there's a moral conflict there. I think for Tessa, in as much as Noah's sweet, he's supportive. She doesn't want to hurt him. She's he's been an awesome boyfriend so far, but he's also Mariah's half brother. She knows, and I'm sure has already at this point contemplated how that would create a problem for Mariah, and it certainly would. Mariah and Noah have this great relationship. They are extremely supportive of one another. And even though they have really only known that they were related for a few years, that's a relationship that's never going to go away. Boyfriends, girlfriends, sometimes come and go. In fact, most of the time come and go. But that's your brother. Mariah has way more at stake here. And Mariah would never want to hurt Noah. I, I think that Mariah... Uh, would never want to hurt Devon either. I think that it's it's something that's obviously coming over her quickly, and I don't think she's fully considering the consequences of the risk. Um, I think that an interesting pivot point in this story, by the way, is that it seems like for the past few weeks, the story in Mariah's mind and the story of her relationship with Devon has been all about Mariah figure has been all about Mariah trying to determine what Devon really wants and I think from a viewer perspective I at least have been watching Devon and trying to figure out who, what he really wants. And now all of a sudden, in the moment where Mariah's in the in the hotel room with Tessa and explaining herself, she is suddenly shifting the conversation to trying to figure out who she is and, and what she wants. Uh, so so now this has happened. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's there's a moment where there's consideration, there's a moment where there's action, and then there's a moment where there's reaction. Mariah, overcome with emotion, kisses Tessa, then immediately pulls back, and now it's time for consequence. She immediately is asking herself, what does this mean? What's next? When she kissed Tessa, there was a conversation that followed where Mariah is saying, I don't know what came over me. She is apologizing to Tessa repeatedly. Make no mistake, this is rocking Mariah's world. This is rocking her down to her core. I was very heartbroken to see how much she was apologizing, how much she's realizing that this moment that has overcome her that may or may not have felt right to her I don't know I we we still have story to go there um but I I, I could feel that she was realizing she could she's messed up her relationship with Tessa she's messed up her relationship with Devon she's messing up her relationship with Noah this is not small potatoes and I think Mariah knows it and I think that's where all of the apologizing came from. I think it flooded her. Um, I was a little bit surprised. Were you surprised by Tessa's 
reaction to all of this. Part of part of me was expecting Tessa to immediately reciprocate. I think because we watched the moment on the couch a couple of weeks ago where it was Tessa who kind of initiated a little bit of intimacy. I mean, I don't know. There are different levels of intimacy. I don't find, I'm not a very touchy-feely person. I don't reach out and touch people's hair. <laughs> So I don't know if that's just, maybe that's just was Tessa being touchy-feely and Mariah took it another way, but Tessa shut things down uh, pretty pretty graciously. She didn't want Mariah to feel awkward about it, but but Tessa was the one, I think, that, that pulled back pretty quickly, uh, and I think she didn't want to hurt Mariah. I think she didn't want to humiliate her, uh, but possibly in that moment, Tessa was realizing that her risk was too big. I, I don't have a, a, a total beat on Tessa quite the way I do with Mariah. I'm not quite getting there the way I, I was so easily able to get there with Mariah. I think that there's a lot on the line here for both girls. Tessa suggests that maybe it's time to just move on, okay? I mean, this has happened. It happened. Let's just not talk about it. Let's take this kiss. Let's put it in the vault and keep it there. You know, in the vault, the place where all secrets stay, <laughs> right? Oh. So, after... <laughs> Devon and Noah come bumbling back into the hotel room. Hey, girls. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, like two idiots. <laughs> Only, of course, as omniscient viewers are we seeing it that way. I mean, they don't know anything's going on, but it's like there's this incredibly important moment happening in the in the hotel room, and 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 uh, Devon and Noah walk back in on it, and immediately there's this. Oh my god kind of feeling in the air. Um, uh, they were all going to go out and do something together, but Mariah has pulled back completely. I think anything that she let escape in that one little tiny moment, she pulled back in, sucked back in, like, right away. Uh, and she suggested, you know what, no, 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 no. Why don't, instead of everybody going out, why don't you and Noah go out, Tessa, and then me and Devon will stay here. Mariah ends up doing a complete and total 180 uh, when it comes to, to Devon. Uh, she, I think, has decided at this moment to just double down on Devon. I mean, she kind of got rejected. Uh, the feelings weren't uh, reciprocated, and so she decides to embrace Devon. She hugs him. She kisses him. She tells him that she loves him. Again, considering believability here, is this believable to me? Is this understandable to me? Yes. I think it's not entirely unusual for someone who is questioning their sexuality to try to force themselves into a type of relationship that they think they're supposed to have. Um... I think Mariah feels foolish for what she's done. I think she's asking herself, what's wrong with me? Why, why am I doing this? My life is going great right now. I've got this awesome billionaire boyfriend. 
Why is this not enough? Again, I think that's a place where a little bit more space on this story would have led to the believability because we went from the relationship not working because Devon had his eye on Hillary to the relationship potentially not working because Mariah had her eye on Tessa. Another couple of weeks would have, would have done something really um, excellent there for that. But I, I believe it. I believe it's um, I, I, it's believable to me. Um, I was not predisposed to like this storyline at all. Well, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was like, when it seemed like it was happening, I was like, oh, no. Do we have to? <laughs> but I really, that being said, did go into it with an open mind. Um, I don't know how you guys are feeling about it. I know you're going to tell me. Um, but after the Thursday and Friday show, I'm all in. I mean, what can I say? I'm all in. I think it's been well done so far. And once again, I cannot stress to you how much I, I didn't want to like this. I didn't want to go here. But I'm an empathetic person. You know me. I'm, I'm all, I look at everybody and I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. And I'm, I'm placing myself in everyone's shoes. And, and I can do it. I can, I can see where uh, Mariah and Tessa are both coming from. I like the chemistry between the actresses. Frankly, I thought it was a pretty good kiss. <laughs> it made me blush a little. I said, oh. I was laughing. I was watching it, and I was like laughing. I knew it was coming too because all of a sudden, I I, I don't watch the episode till nighttime, and all of a sudden my website blew up. Oh, comments, 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 and I thought to myself, Oh no, <laughs> oh it's coming. So I'm telling you, I I got that episode all fired up, and I got myself ready. I'm like, I'm about to witness. <laughs> And I did, I did, and so I'm laughing, I'm watching, I'm blushing a little bit, so I wasn't completely caught off guard, but uh, I did watch it. I, I, I wonder how many takes on that kiss that they did, because, you know, as, as daytime is kind of known for being uh, fast-paced. I mean, they do like one take and they are done, but I have a feeling that YNR filmed that kiss multiple times. For instance, if you go back and watch that scene six or seven times... <laughs> Uh, you'll notice that there's like a cutaway. Like first there's like the kiss and then there's a cutaway and all of a sudden the hair's like when it comes back, Tessa's hair's a little different. So I have a feeling they filmed that a couple of different times. <laughs> oh, to be on set that day, right? I mean, it's it's kind of a momentous moment there, right? I mean, it, sh it probably shouldn't be as, as big of a deal as it is. But I mean, for uh, for us... You know, Weiner being the conservative soap, I think this is, it, it is a big deal. Um, what did you guys think of the kiss, though, by the way? Um, I thought it was, it was, it was interesting that it was very soft. It was very sweet. It was a little hesitant. Like, she just went for, for bottom lip. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't full, it wasn't full on, like, you know, like a passionate, like, you know, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a big kiss. It was a little, little kiss, a little tiny kiss, a little tester kiss. It was not aggressive. I feel like the kiss matched the moment, right? A little cast, little soft, little hesitant. Um, I thought it was good. I'm all in. I'm all in. And I tell you what, um, the moment that I feel that this storyline is inconsistent or that it's exploitative or that it's agenda-driven, then I'm going to say that too. 
I will say all of those things. Or if the storyline's just not working, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak out on all of that. But you know, for right now, I I I I, I really like it. I'm in it. Uh, I hope that you guys are. I'm in everything. I mean, you know me. I'm in for whatever they do. So, um, so I hope you guys are in it too. Uh, I hope nobody's too upset about it. <laughs> I think we just, you know, if 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 you're not too upset about it, then I, I encourage all of you guys to come on, come with me. Let's just hop into this les boat and row merrily down the stream, shall we? major behind the scenes news huge shake up head writer uh K sally sussman and storyline consultant Kay alden have decided to retire from the business this week so our two major story writer driving forces behind the scenes of YNR have now been taken out. They have mysteriously decided to retire over last weekend. Mal Young, who was the executive producer, is the executive producer still, will now take over as head writer. Coincidence? <laughs> Y&R drops a big gay bombshell on its viewers, half of whom don't want to see it. <laughs> And two days later, the people came up with this idea, have retired from the business. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's just pure speculation on my part. I mean, I got, I've got no evidence for this whatsoever. I'm just gossiping. But you pair that with the fact that the next day, after all this is announced, Greg Ricard, Kevin is posting photos of himself back on the set of YNR. I think there's a connection there. <laughs> Just saying. If anybody has any other juicy tidbits on that, please let me know. But so there's another big so big news. Sally Sussman K. Alden are out. Greg Ricard is back in. You mean to tell me that we went through all of that Dr. Harris, Chloe, BS for nothing. You want to talk about storylines I had a real hard time getting into. That was one of them. I had a really hard time with that. And now all of us, now he's back. I guess we went, I struggled and suffered through that crap for nothing. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know if it's a, um... If Gregor Card is back as, as a full contract player, or if it's just a guest spot, um, it might be just a guest spot to to appease the fans who were very much upset by him leaving the show. But how much you want to bet that when Kevin comes back into town, he's going to have some kind of soliloquy with the audience to let us know that Chloe double crossed him and ran away? I just bet. I just don't trust her. He sacrificed everything for her, and I bet you she's going to have screwed him over in the end. Um, you know, it, I I tell you the the thing that it does really upset me. I was very upset and um, uh, by the fact that Sally Sussman and Kay Alden uh, ha had left the show, and it it, it concerns me to be completely honest with you because I have been such a strong uh, supporter of those two. I just really think that under this writing regime, which is only like a year old, I think that YNR has had such a great balance of drama and character 
character development and they have done things to acknowledge the history of the show that no other writers have done in so long. Uh, I mean, there's been amazing set direction, the scenery. I just feel like it's been such a good show lately. And, and, and to his credit, all of this positive change, by the way, has also happened under uh, Mally Young's executive producer role. So that is certainly attributable, attributable directly to him as well. I don't know how he is as a head writer. I mean, that seems like a different ball of wax. Uh, I do hope that he is able to keep up this tone because YNR right now I think is, is better and more compelling than it's been in years. Another intriguing element of this Mariah Tessa storyline is how is everyone else in Genoa City going to react when, if, it develops. The look on Victor Newman's face alone <laughs> is going to be worth the price of admission. <laughs> ah, plus, what's Sharon going to say? What's she going to think about her daughter's actions? She was just defending Mariah to Hillary last week, and Noah is her son. Surely she's going to have some feelings about this. Is she going to be forced to pick a side? That's going to be a horrible situation for Sharon to be in. Is she going to have some choice words for Tessa? That would be a good scene. I mean, Sharon has had an eyebrow raised in Tessa's direction for a while now. I think the only thing that's been holding Sharon back from getting up in Tessa's face or getting up in her business is probably the fact that she knows exactly what it's like to have the parents of the person that you're dating disapproving of you uh, in the past and in the present. Um, I think that Sharon wants to um, receive, she, she wants to give the respect that she wants to receive, right? So uh, it's a very different world for this Sharon. She's just so much different than she used to be. It's funny uh, because Lauren is, is looking at Sharon like, I really don't want her dating my son. And uh, it Paul called Lauren out for doing the Mary Williams disapproval thing. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I thought that was kind of a funny scene once again. It was a little bit of nod to history and old Mary Williams. Uh, you know, if it if it doesn't bother Paul that Sharon was married to his son like a minute ago and now she's dating somebody else, dating Scott, then maybe Lauren could cut Sharon a little bit of slack. I liked uh, Paul's advice, honestly. Give give to, to Lauren. He said, just give Sharon a chance. She might surprise you. You might actually like her. And I liked that that Lauren actually took that advice and she she decided to extend a dinner invitation to Sharon and Scott. That should be fun. I kind of hope that's coming next week. Um, <clears throat> so Sharon is very wrapped up in helping this young girl who ha had called into the crisis hotline. Uh, at the beginning of the week, Nick finds her 
hiding behind a dumpster in the alley behind the underground. He brings her inside, gives her some food, uh, tries to help her. She's obviously been abused. She's probably hooked on drugs. We saw a scene where she was kind of scratching her skin. Um, I, I, I think that she is a very uh, a, a, a misfortunate uh, young lady. Um, Nick realizes that maybe it would be better if she talked to a woman. So he brought Chelsea in to talk to her and uh, she ended up, uh, this crystal ended up telling her story to Chelsea, uh, saying that she was essentially a, a teen runaway and she um, tried, she found someone who wanted to help her, someone who said they were going to help her, uh, a woman specifically, uh, and, and the, the young girl decided to trust and allow this woman to help her, and it turned out that the woman forced her into prostitution. I just can't even imagine. I... I, I, honest, to be honest with you, every single comment I've seen about um, that scene and about this story has been in the negative. Nobody seems to like it, but I, that scene made me tear up a little. I'm not kidding you. For a character who I have no connection to, I thought it was a really good performance, and and I like this storyline. And I guess I feel a little bit um, intrigued by it because it's raising awareness about something that is totally going on under our noses. This this does happen. It's I mean it's it's a little it's just it's a little bit of a mystery I guess you know because I mean this just happens to young young women who are runaways and they just get pulled into this oh this that that it's just sex trafficking it's just so horrible and I just can't it just hurts my heart I, I just I hate it so much and um and so I guess that's why I connected to it. But um, it just so happens that Sharon is at the underground uh, and she hears that this girl named Crystal she's been looking for is in the back office. And Sharon goes to talk to her and promises to protect her. And I'm sure that it's very hard for this girl to even believe that because she tried trusting a woman once and she got pulled into forced prostitution. I just can't imagine. My gosh. Uh, but Sharon... You, did seem to have a little bit of, of credibility with, with the girl. She recognized her voice and everything. Uh, but Sharon makes the mistake of leaving the room and not calling Paul. Sharon could, should have called Paul immediately. They've been, all been looking for this girl. I've been They've all been waiting to find her. And Sharon actually needle in a haystack freaking finds her at her ex-husband's club. And she doesn't turn around immediately and call Paul. Instead, she decides to, to take a break from a musical interlude to listen to Reed play at the open mic? I was so annoyed with her for that. I was like, she's a butterfly. Put a net on her for crying out loud. Get her. <laughs> but no, she got away. Uh, I can see how people would not be into this story, but here's the thing. Here's the reason, the other reason why my interest is peaked. I think that this whole sex trafficking thing, when it's busted up, is going to take down more than one character and maybe someone who we least expect. Scott is the son that Victor wishes he had if he hadn't totally screwed up his relationship with his own sons. 
And he continues to do it, too. Nick is trying to establish this new chain of undergrounds, trying to develop and do something, develop a project and a relationship with his own son. And he's finding himself mysteriously being outbid on strategic property locations that he wants to purchase. Well, it turns out that Victor is working with Nick's financial advisor to make sure it's so. Victor Newman doing something dirty and underhanded? Well, I never would have guessed that. (laughs) He also cut off Nick's club membership this week. How dare he? Nick is just trying to have a little lunch and some drinks, and he he gets payment on his account denied. Right in front of Scott, too, by the way. How embarrassing. Scott... I'll tell you why. I my perception of it is that Scott has done a pretty decent job of taking the high road when it comes to Nick and his jabs. Nick doesn't like Scott, and every opportunity Nick gets, he will lob a bomb in Scott's direction. And Scott really has tried to be a gentleman about it the whole way. And then as soon as Scott sees that Nick got his club membership revoked and realizes that his boss Victor behind it, the little rat runs over into the corner to call Victor and say, hey, 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 I know you were behind that and your plan is working. Well done. Hey, hey, hey. It was kind of a nice touch. <laughs> Honestly, I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. <laughs> Nick might have had that coming if we're honest with ourselves. Um, Nick, uh, Victor is pushing Scott and Abby together, too. You can see it. Scott's planning to cover this sex trafficking story as it develops for Hashtag, and he's going to work a little bit, I think, with Sharon to do it. And there's a meeting this week with Victor, who's who's conveniently scheduled this meeting at the same time as a meeting with Abby. There's The two are not connected, and yet Victor wants them in the office together. Um... And the reason is because it's all connected to the sex trafficking storyline. I find it interesting um, that, you know, the hashtag is going to be related to Abby's project. And then the very same episode that the sex trafficking thing comes up, um, Abby is uh, meeting with Zach. She's cozying up to him to talk about the dating app. Abby... I think that the, the the story that we saw this week with Abby and Zach is to show us that Abby is developing a possibly and probably unfounded trust in Zach. I think that, she, you know, he's bringing her new projects. Uh, he's bringing her new opportunities to prove herself, which is what Abby really wants. She wants her project to be successful, to prove herself. And not to mention, Zach is treating her well. He's giving her attention. He's making her feel desired again and Abby was looking pretty voluptuous in her bikini this week did you guys notice that uh the actress Melissa Ordway had just recently announced that she's pregnant that's probably why she's looking (laughs) extra busty this week so she had the girls on display in her bikini um uh I I tell you what Zach kind of makes me want to puke a little bit he he, we had this meeting uh with uh Ashley he sits down and actually has a meal with Ashley where he's kind of trying to get Ashley's approval, obviously, and he seemed smug to me. I don't maybe it's because my red flags are already going up about him, but he just seemed smug, and I don't know why Ashley was so won over with him. She he was she was listening to his app talk, and maybe 
because she's spending a lot of time with Ravi that spoke to her, but I just kept thinking, don't fall for this, Ashley. This guy's a jerk. <laughs> and then Abby talks to Ashley later and opens up a little bit about her frame of mind. I thought it was a great scene. I, I That really, it opened my eyes a little bit uh, to and, and gave me a little bit more of what I was needing from Abby. I like that she said, you know, I'm... I'm I'm afraid to go through with this new relationship or I'm hesitant to do it at least because I put myself out there completely when it came to Stitch and when it came to his son. I I you know I put my whole life on the line and I ended up losing everything. I lost my marriage, I lost my baby, and it was a, a really um a, a really kind of touching and revealing moment about Abby's frame of mind and about her character and Ashley of course in encourages her to to risk a little bit you know more to go to go through with it sometimes you win sometimes you lose uh, but I think that Abby's gonna regret <laughs> getting involved with Zach sooner rather than later I think it's it feels clear to me that maybe Zach's dating app is being used to as a front to pimp out these girls for you know from the sex ring Ugh, that just kills me and the other thing is I wonder if this newly snooping around town Benjamin Hoffman guy could be behind it as well, whether he's a financier or a benefactor, I don't know. But I'll take it one step further for y'all, too. This week, Jordan was talking with Hillary about his shady past saying that there are things that, you know, Hillary doesn't know about him. And I tell you what, it just, it, I thought, hmm, it's interesting that that's coming up right now. Is there any chance that when this whole sex trafficking ring blows up and is exposed, is it going to expose Jordan as a bad guy? I got a better look at that forehead gash that Jordan has. Um, it, it looked like he had stitches, too. It was kind of big. I think they said last week, he said last week that he got it playing basketball, but I don't know if that's what actually happened with the actor. Does anybody know how the actor hurt his head? Because it looks kind of bad. Um, okay, so once again, I'm pretty sure that I'm probably being blinded by Hillary Mist. <laughs> but I kind of felt like in the scheme of all of the things, that Hillary has done over time, which is a lot, okay? Don't get me wrong, I get it. But I kind of felt like maybe Jordan was overreacting a little bit about Hillary taking that acting job. Like, Hillary didn't steal anything from Lily. The job was never Lily's in the first place. Hillary was just being bitchy <laughs> toward Lily, and that's the kind of cattiness that I can get behind. Like, I don't, I mean, she did, she wanted to probably, but I don't think she actually hurt Lily. It came from a place of screw you, Lily, no doubt about it, but but Lily didn't suffer because of this, you know, in, in, in the way that Lily is suffering over what is going on with Kane. I feel like Hillary was just kind of saying, heh, 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 twist in the knife a little bit on that one. Um, I, I thought it was a really great moment, though, where Jordan was pressing her about this. He should have just been done with her weeks ago. 
when he said he was done with her. But she said to him, you know what? If you want a damsel in distress, then I'm not the right woman for you, okay? I'm someone who takes what she wants. And if you can't handle it, then just move on. I think that Jordan is sexually attracted to Hillary. But he knows deep down that she's not the right woman for him. And she's not. <laughs> um, I think that Jordan is emotionally um, attracted to Lily for whatever reason, whether he really wants a damsel or, or, or whatever. I don't know. But I tell you what, I just don't think I, I think that the writers are bringing back up Jordan's shady past for a reason. I think he, he was seeming like he had some feelings of guilt going on and it's got to be connected to something else on the show. I just could totally see um, that Lily will turn to Jordan in the wake of everything that's going on with Kane, only to find out that Jordan is worse than Kane. Realizing that there is financial tension in the family, young, smart Maddie offers to Lily that maybe she should start thinking about transferring to public school since it's less expensive, even though... This school is the most important thing to Maddie. She selfishly says, maybe we should just go to public school, to which Lily replies, no, absolutely not. Quote, nothing is more important to us than your education. End quote. Right after Kane has transferred away $25,000 out of her children's tuition fund. <sighs> Last week's poll question, would you rather see Kane punished or redeemed? 39% of you, the majority, said, I'd like to see Kane punished, but then I'd like to see him redeemed. Uh, the second most popular answer was just straight up punished. <laughs> Oh, viewers are not happy with Kane right now, but it seems like the majority of us want to forgive him. Uh, I want to forgive him, too. The, the payment uh, for, to Jesse goes off. You know, Kane thought about whether or not he was going to do it. He ended up choosing the wrong path yet again. If there's a 50-50 chance of, like, the right thing or the wrong thing, Kane seems always to pick the wrong thing at this point. Uh, he sends the money to Jesse, and Jesse does back off, but not Billy. <laughs> Billy doesn't back off. The brief conversation that Billy had with Jesse rearouses his suspicions that Kane had something to do with that hockey league footage editing all along. And even though Jesse denies it, now that he's got the bribe money, Billy basically uh, sees Kane threatening Jesse, realizes there's obviously more to this story, and Billy pretty much grabs Jesse by his ear and drags him into Victoria, the principal's office. <laughs> I thought that, um... Billy and Victoria did kind of a great job of teaming up on Jesse, too. They trick him into thinking that he's going to get an even bigger payment for them if he tells them the truth uh, and gives them a copy, the sole copy of the actual footage, like the full footage. I, 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 and then right and then right after uh, he hands it over to Victoria, she pulls back her checkbook and says, nope, that was a big old checkbook, too. Uh, my question is, why did didn't Kane 
get the copy of the footage in exchange for his soul. I mean, the $25,000. That part didn't make sense to me. Um, after Jesse left the office and he had been had, I'm assuming he's, he's off the canvas now, I don't know, but Victoria did make this comment. It sounded kind, kind of ominous where um, she was, you know, talking like, how did Kate and Jesse think that they were going to get away with this? Well, you know what they say, two people can keep a secret as long as one of them is dead. Is Minor messing with us here or is Jesse going to end up dead? I don't know. You see, it seems like his part of the story is over, but I just feel like some but he's going to end up dead here. November Sweeps is right around the corner, corner, and I just keep thinking somebody's on the chopping block. <laughs> if I were Lily, it would be Kane on the chopping block. Oh, Lily goes to pay the children's tuition, and she realizes that the money is gone. She calls the bank, and they say, oh, yeah, that was just transferred away. Kane comes home, and he tells more lies, one more lie to cover up more lies, saying, oh, he had an investment. He was going to just invest the money real quick, and that's where the liquidity was. Uh, but, you know, th that really didn't last long, because Billy and Victoria decided to march over to confront Kane and tell Lily the truth. Now that they know the truth, they have the footage, they showed it to her. There is no denying it. And the entire time, Kane is just standing there, not saying anything, just watching his world, his lies all come crumbling down upon him. Oh, Lily, I just was looking at her. She just said, I just need to be alone with my husband. I mean, she first she looked at him and said, please tell me this is not true. And he can't. And then, you know, Billy and Victoria say, do you need some help? Can we help you? No, just leave my house. I need some time alone with my husband. And this is just her last straw. I just felt so, I felt, I feel bad for everybody in this situation, but Lily has given him more than one chance to be honest, and he hasn't taken it. She's, you know, he's had more than one chance to make it right, and he never makes it right, and Lily just can't do it anymore. She says, just go pack your bags and get out. I just, I can't look at you right now. She kicks him out. I don't blame her. I don't blame her one bit. Although I felt bad for him, I don't blame her one bit. The kid, there's this horrible scene too. The kids come home and she obviously has to tell them that, you know, dad's leaving the house, that I've had enough of this. And I think the kids really understand. It seems like Lily and the children really all are on the same page as far as understanding that dad screwed up and that this is a hard situation. But he, he you know, the, this mar the marriage, the trust is broken and something it, it, that it, we don't even know if it can be fixed. All three of them are standing there watching Kane pull his luggage out, out the door watching him standing there with his bags I it was it was just really sad because it's a broken up family and everybody knows it and the kids are involved in it I think that's one of the things I like about this story too and the fact that they age the children the children are old enough to understand what's going on and they're involved in it it's a family it's not just a marriage that's breaking up it's a family that's breaking up Ugh. I believe 
that Cain believes that he was just trying to fix things. He made, in retrospect, like the, a, a couple of bad moves. The original lies that he told were, were just not that epic, not that earth-shattering. It's the lies that he told to cover them up that were worse than the original lies. And I think that he believes he was just trying to fix a little thing. But like Lily said, every time you try to fix things, you make it worse. You make it worse. And that's the truth. My question now is, how can he fix things? How can he fix things now? A month ago, the answer would have been honesty. Just be honest with everybody. But now that the truth is out, what else is there for Cain to do? Reed and Maddie meet your new stepmommy, Juliet. <laughs> Just kidding. But Reed sees Charlie talking to Juliet at the coffee house this week, and Reed tells Maddie who Juliet is, and then they all come over and have this realization that this is the other woman. This is, you know, this is the person who who's causing this family to be broken up, or in their minds anyway, and they all confront her, and it was sad. I mean, Juliet had nothing really she could even say to any of this. She just said, you guys, I am sorry about all of this. I'm just trying to move on with my life. I, I tell you what, if Juliet is pulling a fast one and destroying this family, then she should be ashamed of herself. But I thought it just felt like an honest moment to me, just a, a realization of the sadness of the situation. But I did like that the three of them were on the same side for once. Uh, Charlie actually showed us some heart this week. He decides to call a truce with Reed and just uh, probably just to try to mend some of these fences. It was great. And Maddie told Reed, look, Charlie's a good guy at the end of the day and he's my brother. And he even went and like got him some, went to try to get him some coffee and stuff. I just, I liked it. I saw Charlie's heart. I liked the actor this week. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. It was a good week for, for uh, the teen scene. <laughs> Hey, how about Reed's groupies? <laughs> uh, at the open mic night, um, Reed had girls hanging all over him. But Maddie was the girl he wants to spend his time with. Uh, you know, he, she's, she's kind of becoming the girl he was looking for all along. And he's so excited about this new relationship. He gets a reserve. He reserves a table for her at the open mic. But it's making Maddie a little uncomfortable to see all these other girls hanging on her man. And I can completely see how it would be difficult for a kind of a, a I don't know, wallflower type girl to deal with being with this guy who's extremely popular. Having girls drooling over your man would be enough to make anyone feel insecure, let alone a teenager. This week, Victoria breaks down emotionally. Finally, she's sitting in this lounge chair at the rooftop bar and she has this huge release 
with Abby, where she just admits that so much has happened in her life, both personally and professionally, really, and she feels like she's always the one who has to fix everything. I just, I, I really got a sense of the amount of pressure that Victoria is under, and she just says, I, I always have to be the one to keep it together, and I just feel so alone. And she breaks down in tears. It was a great, great moment. It was something different for, for the character, something different for the actress. We don't see Victoria Newman cry under pressure. That's not who she is. And now here she is. I mean, and I'm thinking back to Kane calling her this cold-hearted bitch. I just, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, someone says to you and, you know, as viewers, it was like, oh, well, that was a catty moment. But that sunk in for her. All of this is sinking in for her. I, f I really connected with what Victoria was going through this week, and Abby connected with what Victoria was going through. I think she has a lot of compassion for her sister. She actually shared her concern about Victoria with Victor, of all people, which Victoria sees as a betrayal, of course, but still, at the end of the day, Abby might be, or even Victor, might be in a position to, to help see what Victoria is really going through. She's going to need it. Victoria has lost a lot, if you really think about it. Um, she's lost, um, her, you know, she's losing her business. She's lost Billy, and I think that still does weigh on her mind. But at the same time, we should note, Victoria isn't fighting for Billy. She isn't manipulating Billy. She isn't even seeming interested in Billy. And that's still not enough to make Phyllis feel secure in her relationship. I get it. I get it. Phyllis is wanting her man, okay? Billy is focused on work. He's focused on helping Victoria save her company. And every time Phyllis turns around, Billy's talking about work, thinking about work, texting Victoria about work. And and, and Phyllis even said this week, how do you have a work-life balance without the life part? She's trying to, you know, keep up the fun. She, she I think that Phyllis feels that her power in the relationship with Billy is her ability to be fun and to be the anti-Victoria, to be the spontaneous and sexual and just, you know, I mean, I think that's that's what she feels her value is and to not be able to have an opportunity to present that to Billy uh, causes a problem for her. So she hitches a plan. <laughs> Ben Hockman, the jerk, is back. I'm just never going to get over the way he treated Robbie. <laughs> he is back on the scene. He, his whole thing is buying up real estate and buying up small percentages of companies so that he can have some power. Well, he goes over to the Jabot building. He wants to buy a piece of Jabot. Jack turns him down, but Phyllis catches this guy in the hallway and tells him, tips him off, that if he's looking for a company who might need some financing and who's in some trouble, he should try investing in Brash and Sassy. I'm sorry, but that was so unprofessional. 
will of Phyllis to reveal Victoria's position like that. Although I guess they're competitors, so maybe it's not unprofessional. Maybe that's exactly what uh, a, a competitor would have done. But personally, it just felt so wrong to reveal Victoria's weakness to someone who might want to take advantage of it. Uh, then again, I guess all's fair in business. I don't know. But I guess the, it also was the fact that Phyllis even suggested to Ben that he should try dating her. Hey, Victoria's single. Hey, I, and I get, I get exactly what Phyllis is trying to do. If she can distract Victoria or dis distract Billy from Victoria and Billy from Victoria um, and help the business and let Billy have his free time back, uh, then, then it's a win-win. She pretty much said as much to Lauren, but it reeks of insecurity, right? Uh, if... If Phyllis loses this relationship, it's going to be all on her. Billy is going to probably find out that Phyllis had her hand in this, and he's not going to be happy about this. Ben ends up asking Victoria if she wants to go out on this dinner date, and Billy is very well aware of it, and he doesn't like it. I think that this situation, if, if, Victoria is able to reveal to Ben that Phyllis was the one that suggested it. I think Victoria might very well tell Billy about it. And, and he's going to not be happy with Phyllis. I think that Phyllis is going to, at the end of the day, with, you know, whatever happens, all this poking and prodding uh, is just going to end up pushing Billy back into Victoria's arms. And it's going to be her own fault. Oh, man, especially because Victoria is going to need some rescuing here. Okay, at the tail end... I'm so annoyed. Of Friday's show. <laughs> Victoria and Ben are having this business dinner, and Ben is obviously trying to turn it into a date. Victoria is not having it. I was kind of impressed with her and loving the fact that she was being so smart about him. She knew exactly who he was. She knows exactly what he's about. She can smell the stank on this guy from a mile away. But then at the tail end of the show, we see that Victoria is having kind of another um, like dizzy spell from her concussion, I guess. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she flips a switch. And the next thing we know, she's telling him, hey, let's get out of here and go on up to your hotel room. And then she's like on top of him kissing him. Talk about offended. I hated that. I was like annoyed. I mean, I, I was most certainly more offended by Victoria kissing up on this jerkwad than by Mariah kissing up on Tessa. Hey, speaking of scandals, I could not believe my eyes looking at Jack Abbott standing there in his office wearing jeans. <laughs> I, it was like, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on here. Jack Abbott in the Jabot building in jeans. It just didn't work. <laughs> uh, it turns out, though, that he had a date with Nikki at 
the cabin and like this is definitely going to be their new love nest right the cabin is Jack and is where Jack and Nikki are probably going to get it on next week <laughs> Nikki has moved out of the ranch and uh, she's ready to move on with her life so it seems so she says and as a gesture for their date at the cabin Nikki sends over a fishing pole <laughs> to Jack's office and she challenges him to catch their dinner. <laughs> Did you see the look on Gloria's face? <laughs> As she was carrying that thing in, Gloria wanted Jack's rod to herself. <laughs> I have so many fishing pole jokes, you guys. <laughs> I could just go on and on, but I'll spare you. I'll let you fill in the blanks. Um, Nikki and Jack did end up going to the cabin, and I will admit, as a forever Nikki and Victor sucker, I don't even call myself a Nick, Victor and Nikki fan. I call myself a Nick, Victor and Nikki sucker. I do think that Jack and Nikki seemed very relaxed. I think they seemed very cute. Uh, Jack was finally able to catch a very, very tiny guppy fish <laughs> and provide dinner for them. It was funny. I have a pet peeve, though, and this is the second time it's happened uh, when, uh, with, with Nikki. Okay, I hate it when actors, I, when I see them take a tiny little bite of food and then they have this big overacting on the, the chewing. So it's like teeny, you see like this teeny tiny little piece of fish going into Nikki's mouth and then she's like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I just pull it back, pull it back a little bit. And she did it like two weeks ago when Jack made her an omelet or something like that. <laughs> Add that to the list. Um, you know, I do like uh, Nikki and Jack's whole vibe right now. And I've heard a lot of people who are saying, yes, yes, Nikki and Jack, I want to see it. I love it. I've seen a lot of pro-Nikki and Jack relationship comments. It's just hard for me to ignore, as they said, the mustache elephant in the room. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe you guys can. Maybe everybody is so over Victor that they're ready for it. Are you guys feeling the vibe with uh, Nikki and Jack? And moreover, I think the important question is, do you think Nikki and Jack have a real chance at romance that's our poll question for this week if you'd like to go to yrchat.com and vote in the poll leave me your comments um do you think that nikki and jack have a real chance in at romance in a world where victor newman's presence looms large we have seen nikki and jack try to have a relationship before and we all know she always goes back to victor so do you think like are you over it do you feel kind of like um, it's possible even for them to, to really get together and for it to be a fruitful relationship. You can uh, leave me uh, your your vote and your comments. I'd like to hear your comments on that this week. Um, <clears throat> 
Okay, so during Nikki and Jack's cozy little evening at the cabin, we as the audience see a scene of someone outside of the cabin looking in on them. Um, was it a, I, 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 I don't know if it was a cameraman. Is it someone taking photos or is it a sharpshooter? <laughs> I can't tell. Uh, but somebody is outside of the cabin interested in seeing and taking photos, I guess, of what Nikki and Jack are doing. Here's the thing. I think we're all supposed to believe it's Victor. I think we're we're it's it, we're we're supposed to believe that Victor's hired a private eye or a sharpshooter to find out what's going on with Nikki and Jack. But I tell you what, I don't think it's Victor. I just I'm always looking for a twist, you know. Part of me thinks it could be Gloria. I mean, did you see the way that Gloria was holding that letter opener in a menacing way after she found out about Nikki and Jack's date? There was just something a little bit uh, fatal attraction about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think Gloria is a, is a likely su more likely suspect to be interested in what's going on with those two. Victor said he was hands off. He was kind of done with it. I don't know. I could see Gloria being a, a little bit vindictive. Um, Gloria does try to schedule a dinner date with Graham, though, to occupy her mind. I think it's great. I mean, Graham seems very interested in Gloria. She seems very interested in him. I'm sure Dina's not going to love that. It was really nice that uh, YNR did do a follow-up this scene, this week of, of a scene with Dina and Ashley sitting down and talking to one another. And um, Ashley is able to draw it out of Dina that she she is feeling a little depressed now that her business has been sold. And furthermore, that it was Graham's idea to sell the business in the first place. I just get the sense that YNR is finally making some movement here. Like they finally decided what they're going to do with Dina, what they're going to do with Graham. And in a larger way, I think that they've been very wishy-washy on a, a, a number of these new characters. Um, and I kind of feel like maybe they've just decided a direction to go in. And the fact now that we're learning that it was Graham's idea to sell her company, and then we all know he had her sign the will which he clearly benefits from. I just wonder if it's, it, maybe it could be Graham sitting outside of the Abbott cabin looking through a, 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 a gun scope at Jack wanting to take out the one person who's on to him and get him out of the way. Food consumed while naked <laughs> always leads to dessert. Is that your experience with food that's uh, consumed while naked? <laughs> I don't do a lot of naked eating. <laughs> Oh, that was last week's quote. Food consumed while naked always leads to dessert. It was Billy who said that to Phyllis last week. He was asking her, when are you going to cook for me again? And she says, why are you so interested? He's because I know that cooking's going to lead to me getting a little something something. <laughs> oh, quite a few of you guessed that one. Twelve of you, in fact. So I have to issue my congratulations to Lynn Nancy, Henry, Becca, Sandra, Consuela, Colleen, Amanda, Ambreen, who says it's it was Billy, very handsome Abbott. I have to pause there because you know what? I do like 
uh, Jason Thompson. He is good looking. He's got a good personality. I, I am a fan of this Billy. I was questioned it, you know, when he was first recast, but this is a good, I do like him a lot. Um, also, Justin guessed that it was Billy and Liz and Beatrice. You all got it right. Well done. I have another one, but actually, Tony had left me a comment at uh, on the website and um, suggested this one, and I already had it pre-planned. The second I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's our quote of the week." Uh, but so I'm I'm holding your comment because you also said uh, who 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 said it, and I want everybody to to get a chance to guess on this one because it was I don't know I thought it was a funny little moment. So here's this week's quote. I'm not lying. I'm just accentuating the positive. <laughs> I like that line. I may have to use that in the future. I'm not lying. I'm just accentuating the positive. If you think you know who said it, you can go to yrchat.com to leave your guess. And if you get it right, then you too will get your shout out on next week's YNR chat. Okay, like four hours later, let's get to your comments, okay? Diana at yrchat.com left a comment saying, I loved the outside shots of the cabin. I think that was a new scene. I also liked seeing Nikki with the fishing rod and Jack and her standing by the back door of the cabin with the door open. It makes it feel like they were really up north. You can see the tree leaves gently blowing in the background. And even Jack talking about barbecuing food on the grill. All of the things that you would most likely be doing at a cabin. Very realistic. You know, I love that too, Diana. I just love the way they're setting these scenes. It definitely lends to some romance for, for Jack and Nikki. I mean, Victor Newman would not be taking Nikki to a cabin in the woods. So this is a little something new and different for her. It's I mean, we saw Jack and Jeans for crying out loud. And, and yes, the scenery was beautiful and they did a good job of, of, of setting the scene. Beatrice left a comment at yrchat.com about Nikki and Jack's previous marriage, uh, kind of reminding me that they also lost a child together. Um, and Beatrice said it would be nice to see uh, the children that benefited when Nikki had her miscarriage with Jack's child. Good things can come from organ donation. That is um, a really good point. I think that if YNR is going to pursue this relationship between Nikki and Jack in a serious way, it would be good to have some acknowledgement of the things that happened in their marriage, uh, you know, including them losing a child. They haven't mentioned that yet, but I would like, you know, and I think Nikki said something about this week, like, well, when we were married, but I want more of that. I want to understand uh, what the real history is here, not just that they're dating and it's, you know, just maybe to get back, back at Victor or something. I want to, I want something new uh, and, and private for Nikki and Jack only that has nothing to do with with uh with with Victor. Ellen at yrchat.com says, this is a good comment. Victor is being hateful again. No surprise there. Bribing Nick's financial advisor, outbidding him on the new underground properties, spying on Nikki and Jack must be a private detective taking photos, right? What's next? Steel brash and sassy now that Victoria is in trouble? He's a selfish old man who never learns. He never accepts responsibility. You caused your 
son's death, Victor. You play with people's lives. You think your money entitles you to do whatever you want. I hope you get what you really deserve one day. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that was a good freaking comment. <laughs> I like it. I like stepping into your comments and like feeling them and reading the way I feel like you feel them. It's cool. Um, Daisy on Facebook left me a comment saying Jack and Nikki have their head in the clouds. Have they met Victor Newman? I wasn't surprised to see someone taking pictures of them kissing like someone likely somebody working for Victor. Victor may have hired Hillary and her team, so it's possible that that kiss will air on The Hillary Show. After all, Victor sabotaged Nick's efforts to expand his business. It's possible he's going to sabotage Nikki and Jack's private rendezvous. The fact that Hillary could be involved is kind of great. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. I don't know why am I, I'm, I, I'm sure it probably was a camera, right? Part of me was like, maybe it's a, a gun scope or something. Uh, so you're probably right. It was probably just a photographer. <laughs> I'm just waiting for somebody to die in November sweeps. <laughs> uh, Zooperplex at YRChat.com has another little take on this saying, someone taking photos at the Abbott cabin, what photographer living in Genoa City has a shady past? Jordan. <laughs> like once again, I that I like that twist of an idea too. Uh, duh, Allie, if it's a photographer, that would make complete sense that it would be Jordan. I love that. Um, also, Superplex left a really uh, good comment. Uh, on the website, it's kind of summarizing and reminding us of Hillary's involvement in Kane's scandal. Um, and the uh, kind of the, the final summary line here from Zuperplex was that Hillary is the ultimate double crosser, conning you on one hand with the belief that she's on your side, while on the other stabbing you in the back while you're not looking. That, but you know, she she is kind of the ultimate con girl, right? Um, and and I think that uh, that probably applies to. Lil and uh, you know it, it is true that li that Hillary has this way of looking at you and making you think that she's on your side. I think that's what she does does to me every single week. And then you know, as soon as you turn around, boom, goes in the knife. I think that's what I like about her as a soap villainess. Um, Harper left me a voicemail this past week saying, I want to feel sorry for Kane, but it's like he's his own worst enemy. Even though he doesn't think that he's like his father, he is so much like Colin. I wonder what's going to happen when Jill and Colin find out about all that's been done. Oh, please let that happen on next week's show. That would be great. I want to see how Jill and Colin are going to react. And is it possible that they're going to stick their nose in? And it, can they help the situation? Are they going to hurt the situation? I don't know. Kane said he was going to go live or he was staying with Jill while he's um, he left uh, Lily and the kids. So I'm sure Jill and Colin have got to get involved. That'll be good. I kind of miss them. <laughs> Sandra at YRChat.com left a comment about our poll question for last week. Would you rather see Kane redeemed or punished or both? 
Um, and Sandra, I like this this line specifically. It says, if Cain's truly sorry, then yes, I'd like to see him redeemed. Of course, that's after he gets raked over the coals. <laughs> I agree. I, I that's kind of that's how I voted in the poll. I think that Cain needs to be punished for what he's done, but ultimately, I I don't think he's a bad guy, and I think he 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 would reserve some redemption. Um, I mean, in the scheme of the bad things that people have done on the show and that we've forgiven, Cain is kind of small potatoes. Uh, Kiki at YRChat.com says, Cain had guilty written all over him. The people around him chose not to see it. Cain is really bad at lying. He shouldn't be kicked while he's down. His self-hate is punishment enough. Uh, Coral at YRChat.com says, I'm feeling Cain is becoming a shady wimp. I much prefer a strong guy to take ownership of his mistakes. At least Victor knows what he is and makes no excuses. Cain shouldn't be redeemed until he until he grows a backbone and puts his hand up to say, this is what I've done. He hasn't done that, though, yet, really, has he? He kind of does make some, he's more in excuse mode. I think, yeah, I think that there's, that's a good argument, that Cain needs, in order to be redeemed, to take full ownership of what he's done. And that means not blaming Victoria, not blaming Billy, not blaming Jesse the cameraman. He needs to just own it. And that's probably, that's actually probably where his redemption does lie. I asked that question when we were talking about it. You know, if if honest, you know, the, on, the lies are out, what is it now that he can do? Maybe owning it is, is what he can do to be redeemed. Wow. Lot Folly at YRChat.com commented about Kane saying, I was really fed up and bored with the character until his fall from grace. Now, oddly, I'm finding him compelling as a tragic figure who wants to do the right thing, but can't seem to pull himself out of his death spiral. Kane is much more interesting than the characters who don't feel any pangs of conscience when they have deceived others. Whew. Uh, Ian Breen <laughs> left me a comment at yrchat.com saying, I hate when Kane uses his quiet baby voice. <laughs> okay, okay. So someone, I don't know if it was you, mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that Kane does this kind of whisper talking. You know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, Lily, oh, baby, I just, baby, baby. <laughs> Maybe I just did it for you and the family. And it's really like a, it's a low, really a low key uh, vocal delivery. And now that you've mentioned that to me, I can't unhear it. So I'm passing that little gift on to anybody else who's listened to this. You will never be able to unhear it now that I've told you. Kane does his, his little whisper voice. <laughs> I'll work on my impression of that for you too. Watch for it next week. Aaron on YouTube left a comment uh, about the, the money situation saying Kane doesn't have $25,000 to pay a blackmailer, but he has $250,000 to buy that Chelsea 2.0 original dress for Lily at Devon's charity party months ago. <laughs> that is a good deep pull. I don't think I would have ever come up with that dollar figure. Although I was glad to see they did acknowledge that Lily and Kane had some brokerage accounts. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness there's some other money other than that paltry little sum that we saw on the screen. That just must be one of their checking accounts. 
Um, okay, so some comments about the teen scene. Consuela at YRChat.com says, Maddie and Reed make me so happy. I always rewind their scenes like 15 times. They're so cute right now, and I love that Charlie's coming around. It looks like Charlie and Reed could also become friends. I sure hope so. Um, <clears throat> Henry left a comment at yrchat.com saying the actor that portrays Charlie is very good. I think he'll go far in this business. Also, I read somewhere that if Faith is aged, they may introduce a relationship between she and Charlie. I could see that happening if the actress they choose fits the part well. I am kind of wondering if they are going to age Faith. I've, I've seen some rumblings about that. I think it's time. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Bring on the aged Faith. Liz at YRChat.com says, I am so glad that Charlie has dropped the hyper-masculine, hyper-aggressive attitude he had toward Reed. His dislike of Reed was baseless, as Reed has been nothing but patient with and sweet to Maddie. Now that Charlie has softened toward Reed, I think it would be fun and unexpected if Reed, Charlie, and Maddie unite in their disdain toward Juliet and be the ones to take Juliet down, if she is indeed running a con in the vein of Scooby-Doo if it weren't for these meddling kids. I think it's a, a, a definitely an unexpected twist that Y&R um, decided to, to make these three friendly. I think we could have continued on the trajectory of Charlie being the thorn in Re Maddie and Reed's side, but instead I really like that they've chosen kind of to make them friends, and that, that is a, a, a really, um, would be an interesting uh, potential if those three were possibly able to call out Juliet's con if, if, if she is running one. Oh, let's see. Consuela also here on the website says, I'm sick <laughs> of Scott's condescending attitude toward Nick. Like Nick said, Scott's only known Victor for what? Like two months while Nick has known his father for his entire life. If Scott only knew half of the stuff Victor has done, uh, would he have that smirk on his face and be following Victor around like a puppy dog? <laughs> Probably not. Um, Anna left me a voicemail with an interesting take on Sharon. Anna says, I understand Sharon wanting to help Crystal. Anybody would. But she took one psychology course and a couple of hours of crisis hotline. <laughs> She's taking herself a little too seriously right now. <laughs> I guess um, I hadn't really um, thought of Sharon as being annoying in this situation. I agree about the one psychology course. I kind of just like where these writers have taken Sharon. I, I, I suppose what I should say is that I much prefer this version of Sharon to the one who's starting fires. <laughs> oh, also, I'm thinking of you, Anna, this week. I heard what you said, and I do identify, and I'm sorry. Um, Sandra left me a comment here at yrchat.com about the sex trafficking story saying, uh, you know, expressing some displeasure with this, you know, not being into the sex trafficking story, but saying maybe it's a way to introduce a few new characters onto, onto the screen. See, I think this sex trafficking story is a way to eliminate 
some characters off of our screen. I mean, we've got a lot of stragglers going on right now. We got a lot of people not part of the core cast, uh, and I think that YNR is gonna have to roll some heads uh, to, to make room for funding and for to give us something for November sweep. So in my mind, I'm thinking you got like Juliet, you got Graham, um, you've got uh, let's see this, you know, new Crystal, you've got Kyle. Is that his? no Zach? Did I call him Kyle? Whatever. Abby's new boyfriend. Um, you've got this Ben Hockman guy. You've got, did I say Juliet? I don't know. But there's all of these miscellaneous characters on the scene who really aren't part of our core cast. I think this sex trafficking thing is going to start cutting them out. I don't know if Jordan would be involved in that. Does he have a strong fan base? Are people into Jordan? Uh, I don't know if they could be wanting to take him all out in one fell swoop, but I just feel like the sex trafficking thing is going to be the big November sweeps reveal, and I just think we're going to see some people go bye-bye. They need to. I like a tight cast. I like, a, I like fewer people and more rich storyline. Uh, Gary left me a voicemail this week noting that he really liked the scene with Victoria and Abby where Abby got Victoria to explain what's going on with Brash and Sassy. Gary says, I don't think that we really understood how much money the company has and how many resources they have. Victoria spelled that out for the audience that she's lost so much. She doesn't know if she can continue to keep her company afloat. It really clarified for me and ultimately made her plight more interesting to me. Agreed. I thought that was a great scene and it did give us a little bit more insight into what's going on in Victoria's mind and also probably will help toward having us understand why Billy is becoming concerned about her, which you know he inevitably will be. <laughs> um, Sandra, also at YRChat.com, uh, was weighing in here about Mariah and Tessa. I, I did get a lot of... Um, I, you know, like I said, I got some comments that I did have to moderate only because I don't feel like, like I understand people wanting to have a place to express displeasure and I'm all for that. If, if there are legitimate um, reasons why you don't like the storyline, I, I want everybody to, who's currently kind of a YNR chatter to feel like they can say that with no problems whatsoever and whatever your perspective is, I want you to be able to say it, but it's just like I got so many people that were coming out like from Google, like finding us through Google or whatever, just looking for a place to say, I'm going to quit watching the show. And um, I just, it's it's tough because I would say, you know, nobody's making you watch it then. Just go ahead and quit then. <laughs> but if you want to watch and then talk about it and add, a, you know, an argument of value in pro or con, then I'm all for it. I don't want to be a dictator here, but at the same time, I just really want us to have a fun time <laughs> talking about the show. Uh, Sandra here uh, at YRChat.com says, I was so surprised that YNR took it there so quickly with Mariah and Tessa. Last week, we were all just speculating and wondering. I think it's going to be a great storyline for Mariah. I'm not sure what to expect, but part of me thinks both Tessa and Mariah will hide their feelings as not to hurt Devon or Noah. Yeah, 
Yes, yes. Uh, I felt tremendous compassion, Sandra says, for Mariah as she stood in the hotel room realizing her feelings and obviously feeling confused. I've always loved Mariah. I think she's the best character on the show to delve into this kind of love story. I Yes, I really agree. The more I thought about it, I thought, yep, Mariah is, if, if YNR is choosing to do um, this, you know, a lesbian storyline, it does, Mariah is probably a good candidate. She's, she's of probably, um, you know, she, she's just in the right spot. She has the right amount of backstory that we know nothing about. I think it is going to be, I, I'm with you, I, honestly. I really, I think that it is going to be a compelling storyline one way or the other. I don't want to ride the fence too hard about it, you know. I just, I want to just be able to, you know, agree or disagree, uh, but also present your opinions on it, too. Um, Robbie at YRChat.com says, Cameron Grimes is acting her ass off. <laughs> She's killing it in all of these scenes. I feel all of Mariah's emotions. Yeah, can we just back up a second and acknowledge the risk that this is for the actress? If little me, who, I don't, this isn't very popular. There's not like a million people listening to YR chat. This is like a little clubhouse, okay? If people are coming to me and finding my website just and because they want somewhere to put some anger about this, then can you freaking imagine what Cameron Grimes is going through right now? I did take a peek at her Twitter account just because I was curious because I know how people can be mean and, I, and that's not acceptable. I think being hateful is unacceptable. And I did look and she had um, very few tweets and they just uh, had said, you know, thanks for all the positivity. I'm sure that the show is helping her navigate this because can you imagine what she's going through as far as fan reaction? These are people who've watched the show for 30 years and then to take the brunt of negativity. and But I think she's choosing to focus on the positive. So she's like pinning tweets and saying things that are, you know, about the positive reactions that she's getting. I can only imagine as an actress that that's what you gotta focus on because, I mean, make no mistake you guys, this is probably a tempest <laughs> for her. So I'm gonna give her bravo for the acting. I'm gonna give her bravo for the choice, for pulling it off and for the attitude that she's choosing to go forward, you know, with it. Um, Cheyenne at YRChat.com says, I'm a love is love kind of girl. And I actually like Mariah and Tessa together, but, uh, oh, and they do have uh, chemistry together. But to be 100% honest on Thursday's episode when they first kissed, I laughed a little, <laughs> but not because they were kissing. I laughed at the irony of this whole messy situation. Just think about it for a second. Devon paid for this whole romantic trip for all of them just to have Mariah ditch him and kiss his brother's girlfriend kiss her brother's girlfriend uh all while Devon and Noah are hanging out by themselves looking completely clueless <laughs> it's funny you'd say that Cheyenne because I was kind of laughing too just because I knew it was coming and I just thought it is it is pretty uh, it was a, it was a good scene like I even thought like stylistically like the outfits that they chose for the scene spelled out oh this gonna happen like what was that uh sweater thing that Tessa was wearing it kind of looked like bourgeois or like no bourgeois Boudoir. <laughs> it just kind of like I mean, and, and Mariah with her old dress with the you know neck part. You know, I was just, you know, I was just, and her hair, her hair was right. It was very lesbiany. <laughs> I was getting mad lesbo vibe from uh, from that whole scene. I think Weiner did a good job of of styling it, presenting it. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. I like. 
Uh, this uh, criticism here from uh, from Coral, though, she says, can we just talk about Noah for a second? And can we have him see some luck in love? I'm all for a gay story, but I want to see Noah have a few more, more than a few weeks in a relationship. Hasn't the poor guy been through enough uh, bad luck that his character must be jinxed? Uh, all of his partners seems to uh, disappoint him and leave him alone to be miserable. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the kind of criticism that I think where we should focus our criticism. It's it's not it's also that, you know, pursuing this type of relation is a betrayal and a lie to her brother. I mean, I think at this point, do you think Mariah should confess to Noah? Do you think Noah uh, deserves to know kind of what went on behind the scenes? Do you think it was the right decision to keep it from him or not keep it from him? Uh, I think that that's where the the real drama is going to come from. I mean, the 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 if you if it was um, a man and a woman in that scene, I think that we you know all of the uh, the the sexuality stuff would not even you know would be a non issue. We'd be talking about the fact that a person is kissing the uh, boyfriend girlfriend of the brother sister. You know, I mean, that's where the the real conflict lies, and that's not new. I mean, we have had so many people for crying out loud. Nick is locking lips with uh, his brother's uh, ex-wife with his dead brother's ex-wife I mean that's kind of bad too right I, like I said a couple weeks ago too I mean Nikki and Victoria have even shared a man so that part of the story is not new we just have this uh, this layer of sexuality uh, that's that's kind of being placed over it um, and, and like I said I think it's very interesting to get uh, your different perspectives on it too it'll it'll be um <laughs> It'll be interesting to read your comments throughout, throughout the week about this one. Um, oh, also, I'm going to end on uh, Megan uh, sent me a message on Facebook to say uh, that uh, on the show this week, there was that concert bouncer where uh, Mariah and Noah were trying to get or Mariah. No, sorry. Noah and Tessa were trying to get into a part of the concert and there was a bouncer standing outside. Uh, and that bouncer was played by uh, Big Brother uh, contestant Jesse, Mr. Pectacular. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I think he did a pretty good job. I was not a big fan of Jesse. I am a big fan of Big Brother. I've watched every single season of that show, including this one. Uh, and Jesse was not one of my favorite players, but he did a pretty good acting job there. So, uh, so, so well done to him. Uh, you know, CBS loves to do their crossover cameos. Okay, everybody, that's my opinion. <laughs> I know you're going to give me yours, and I hope you do. I still want the air of of everybody feeling like they can say uh, whatever they uh, want to say about, uh, you know, any, the, whatever the storyline is, controversial or not. Pick what, pick a topic. Let me know how you feel about it. YRChat.com. I recently redid the website. I think it looks pretty darn good, so if you want to go check that out, this would be a good time to do it. Um, I just think it's a little bit more easy to read. It's a little more mob uh, mobile friendly if you'd like to look at the site on your phone. Um, and it's got comments featured pretty well so um, you guys can talk to each other. And I have right there at the top, the tagline says that why in our chat? It's a fun and friendly, uh, what is it? Fun and friendly Young and the Restless fans. That's my vibe. I, I That's what I, I hope um, that everybody kind of continues with. So... 
comment on the website, whyartchat.com. You can call into my voicemail, 309-588-4569, or you can go to Facebook, uh, Twitter. There are lots of different ways you can contact me. I really hope that you do. I love hearing from you guys, and I'll see you next week. Bye.